I was watching TV, hmm, as I do a lot, and you guys always know that. But another memory about Jerry popped into my head. It had to do with us going to Las Vegas. We drove together to Las Vegas. This was when we were living in the Bay Area. Were we living in the Bay Area? Let me think about that for a second. No, yeah, we were, obviously, because we moved from Southern California to the Bay Area shortly after meeting. So yes, we were living in the Bay Area, and we drove to Las Vegas, and we stayed in a hotel, and we both had our allotted money to go gamble. Jerry was a lot like my father. My father would stay down in the casino long after my mother decided to retire. And my father would stay down in the casino drinking to the point of no return sometimes. I remember one time that I wasn't there, but my mother tells me the story of when they went with our dear friends, Rita and Bill, and my father stayed down in the casino and gambled, 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 and drank, 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 to the point where he could hardly walk. He liked to play the roulette table, and so he was playing the roulette table and was winning after winning to the point where he did win a lot of money. But being drunk, at some point he fell and all of his winnings went all over the floor. And he was unaware that it happened. Fortunately for him, somebody in the casino or for the casino or whatever collected all of his winnings and put it away and gave it back to him the next day. Whomever that was, I will be for always, always be grateful. It was similar to the story that when Jerry and I went, he would stay down in the casino longer than I would and drink, drink, drink and gamble, gamble, gamble. He didn't have as much luck as my father, but on this particular night, he won like $400. And he told me, baby, he always called me baby, until he stopped calling me baby and started calling Richard baby. We've already been through that story, but baby was his way, and I bought it for the longest time. No, I'm not bitter, I'm just expressing um, a fact and a feeling. But anyway, he said to me, baby, I'm going to give you half of this, 200 for you, and I'm going to keep 200. And I, I assumed that meant that he was going to keep the 200 and stash it away and then just continue to gamble with, um, whatever extra he had. And what was interesting is I didn't realize to what extent this meant, but he said, if I start 
being aggressive and wanting the $200 back, don't give it to me. I said, fine. So he stayed down in the casino. I went up to the room. I went to sleep. Until all of a sudden I heard pounding on the door. I had no idea what this was all about, but when I opened the door, I discovered that Jerry was absolutely drunk. He had lost his room key. And apparently... He had spent the $200 he won in addition to whatever else he had and lost it. And now it was time for him to verbally and mentally abuse me to give him the $200 that he had won, that he had given me. I'm here to tell you I stuck with my guns. The angrier he got the more I dug in and said, no, you gave it to me. I'm not giving it to you. He got angrier and angrier and left, as he always did in our relationship. When he couldn't handle it, he would leave. Oftentimes when we were living in our apartment, it would be for a day or two, and I had no idea where he was. In this particular environment, he couldn't go far because he only had this room and I had the keys to the car. All he could do was go back down into the casino and apparently drink by getting um, the free drinks that they offer down there. That didn't last long, so eventually he came back up to the room, so drunk, passed out, thank karma, the next day, we woke up, ready to drive back. He poured himself into the car. I was driving. He literally put a towel over his head, and that's the way he spent the rest of the day driving home. And all I kept thinking as we were driving along, why do I allow myself to be subjected to this because I'm here to tell you that was not the first time and it was not the last time and in retrospect there were so many times that I should have gone with my gut and said I've got to get out but I'm also here to tell you that I was codependent and afraid that I would not be able to make it on my own how I felt that way, I don't know. Having dealt with so many individuals and clients over my years of experience as psychotherapist, I totally understand the mentality. I was in that position. Unfortunately, I needed to go through more and more before I got to the position and again, it was because he had an affair that I was able to say, we're not together anymore. So it makes me wonder if I had never discovered the affair, would I still have perpetuated 
this abusive relationship out of fear. Because remember, in one of my podcasts, I talked about how after we broke up and he moved out, I was still fearful. Even though I made him sign over the condo to me and all the furniture, I still... I can't make anybody do anything, but guilt is a wonderful thing. And I guilted him into giving me a monthly amount of money until I decided I didn't need it anymore. When in fact, I didn't need it in the beginning, but I had to convince myself. I had to be psychologically ready to say, I can do this on my own. And I got there eventually. So again, I say guilt is a wonderful thing, but you know what? I don't feel guilty about using guilt because isn't there some semblance of payback, of justice, of control or power or reward for all the years of mental and verbal abuse I suffered? I think the answer is in my favor. I don't know what other people would think about that. In actuality, I have an ex-friend, Bob, who thought that I was being greedy. That's his opinion. Maybe one of the reasons why we're not friends anymore. But I still stand by my actions, my feelings were real, and I deserved what I needed and what I got. I'll put a cap on this story because I've lived to tell. Till next time.